Are you seeking a better way to accelerate your sales, to scale your business, to live a life with no limits? Accelerate Sales Podcast features global experts who have cracked the code to recurring revenues with proven sales systems and get you on the fast track to scaling. Now let's accelerate your sales with today's episode. Hi, I'm Paul Higgins, and welcome to the Accelerate Sales Podcast, episode number 440. You're going to learn a lot today. Actually, uh, Mandy, our guest, is giving you an absolute masterclass, but three key things that I thought I'd pull out. One is that how to get to 50 to 200% higher fees in your agency. And believe me, this is not about hype, right? Often you hear people talk it up. No, there's actually a structure that Mandy uses that delivers it, and she's got specific case studies in this podcast to prove it. The second is how you create an irresistible offer and how that can make your sales and delivery so much easier. And then the third is how to get unstuck from you doing the delivery to spend 10 to 15 hours on sales where you should be as the agency owner. If you're a first-time listener and you love what you hear, please subscribe. If you're a regular, always love those reviews. Uh, there will be notes, right, in the app that you're listening to, but also there's a full transcript at the podcast page, which is paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast, and it's episode 440, and there's some great links that Mandy's got in there that I highly recommend that you should do or go and uh, get. Uh, before we do the uh, interview with Mandy, I want to just talk about our sponsors. First is the Cloud Consultants Collective. So it's a peer group of cloud consultants helping each other run business. So it's more business than it is around technical. And you can find out more at the cloudconsultantscollective.com. It's free and it's on Slack. And the second is SendSpark, which is a great video where you can personalize yourself more. What I love at the moment is where you can have a little personal introduction and then you can attach any video. So it really reduces the time so you can personalize scale. You can get six months free at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash SendSpark. So today's guest is Mandy, is a creator of Scale to Freedom Scalable Service Growth model. And that's a bit of a mouthful, but it is a wonderful model. She leads consulting agency owners to have lives with greater freedom success. Mandy has consulted with over 100 consulting agencies and their CEOs. She's helped them immediately free up 20 to 50% of their work week to focus on accelerating profits and cash flow. Her clients have grown five figures of net profit every month, added millions of dollars in sales, and have exited the day-to-day to scale their business. Some owners now passively manage their business or have sold it. Wouldn't you love to do that? Mandy is a published author and the host of Hands Off CEO podcast. As a committed freedom fighter, a percentage of her profits go to rescuing enslaved victims, in particular child uh, sex trafficking. Mandy is a mother of two, enjoys travel, mountain biking, exploring the outdoors with her husband, and gives lots of value. So what I'll do now is hand you over to Mandy from Hands Off CEO. Great to have you here, Mandy. It is wonderful to be here, Paul. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, look, I'm so excited about this. So I recently watched one of your webinars and I just thought for my audience, a lot of the topics that you talk about are perfect, but also some are ones that I know that they don't hear very often. So quite unique and unique in a good way. So can't wait to go Mm -hmm. through those. But why don't we just kick off with who your ideal client is and what are some of the problems you help them solve? Absolutely. So our ideal client are seven-figure consulting agencies. So 
They um, it could be agencies, they could be consulting companies, but they do some kind of done for you service. It's very difficult to scale. Uh, a lot of the reasons why is that the um, the owner has a lot of brilliance, and whenever they go and make the sale, um, <laughs> the, the client then wants them. They want them to be part of the delivery, and um, they care so much about results and making sure that their clients are well served that they find themselves. Every client that they take on get more and more involved in the day-to-day, more and more stuck in the day-to-day. So what ends up happening is, is that their company continues to grow and their schedule continues to grow. And they look at their business and they just don't know how to get out of it without client results suffering. So that's the problem that we solve. Consulting agencies, million and up. Sometimes we work with them a little earlier if they have a really good offer and they're just like, on fire, you know. Um, but yeah, that's that answers your question, hopefully. Yeah, great. And look, I know that you know you might be listening to Manny in a moment saying, Well, I'm I'm more, you know, tech, I'm more of a, you know, like a cloud consultant. But believe me, the things that you're gonna hear today are as applicable to your business as they are if you're running a, a large consulting agency, a seven-figure consulting agency, or some of you are HubSpot partners, and by default, your agencies, right? So I think this is gonna be super right. applicable to you. So one of the things that really got my attention when we when I first did some research on you was, you know, I'll help you get a 50 to a 200 percent increase in your prices, right? Or higher fees. And I'm like, wow, right. okay, I'd love to hear more about that. So tell us what 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 are some of the secrets behind getting higher fees? Right. And you know, 50 to 200 percent higher fees, that is that is not the outlier. That's very normal. That's yeah. very normal. So um the outliers are like 600 to to um a thousand percent higher. Those would be the the outliers. But we see them commonly. We see we see them often. And um, the way that you increase your prices. So first of all, why do we need to increase our prices? Okay, everybody now is in the mindset with um, recession, inflation, increase your prices. But most of the time, when you think of increasing your prices, you're thinking, all right, five percent, ten percent, you know, to keep up with inflation. I'm not talking about those kind of pricing adjustments. Yeah. What I'm talking about is repositioning your company so that you attract in a completely different kind of client where um, you look at in, instead of um, allowing clients to come to you from referrals, from inbound, from whatever it is, and them asking for these itty, itty bitty little piecemeal things. And you say, yes, I'll do this. Yes, I'll do this, which is fine by the way, because that's where you got your company. You got your company to the place by doing that. You yes. know, the first, you know, two, three, five years in the company, you're just kind of saying, "Yep, I'll do it. I'll do it." And you do that because you need the cash flow. You need to be able to pay your people, keep the the the, um, the lights on. But at a certain point, you want to be very very intentional about, all right, what is the kind of growth that we want to create? Because with the one right type of client, that could replace five other smaller clients in the for the amount of profit. And also, um, it's a lot less headaches too. Working with one soulmate client, one profit sweet spot client instead of five. So um, what we want to do is we want to look at what is this irresistible offer? What is this irresistible offer that makes it easier for the right kind of prospects to buy? How do we, so, and, and um, how we get to that, and you didn't ask this question, but I'll just go there. <laughs> um, but how we get to that is by looking at what that, that small percentage 
of um, your very best types of clients? What are the kind of results you're getting for them? What what do they look like? What are those characteristics? And um, and then looking at those two and saying, you know, under the best circumstances, the best conditions, if the client did this and this and this, and they had an audience size of this, and if they had um, a, a budget of X amount, and if um, they were just such a such a blissful company to work with, what would be possible with our process? And and what if looking at that, you say, well, you know, we could actually be able to generate five million dollars of growth for this company over the course of two years. So we're looking at that and saying, well, instead of taking all these little itty bitty clients over here, why don't we just go after these clients that can we can generate the five million dollars results for? And um, what we have found is when our clients have done that, our agency and consulting company clients have done that, they've been able to go in, um, go from charging some of like, I'll give you an example of a HubSpot agency who they had, you know, clients ranging from $500 a month up to $5,000 and $10,000 a month. But really where their high was is is $10,000 a month. Now, what we're able to do is re-engineer their services and look at what, how can we position this? What, what is the very best work that you can do? We repackaged it and guess what they did? They went out and went to their clients that were only the eight, eight year clients, clients that they had for eight years paying about $500 a month. They went to them and said, Hey, we've got this really great growth program for you. And um, we're going to be able to help you generate a million dollars in sales for this, this specific type of um, niche. I, I don't, I don't want to say it because I, I don't, I don't want to like to give away sure. their secret sauce. Sure. But um they they went to them and and they got them from paying $500 a month to $20,000 a month on a year contract. Yeah, brilliant. And and so so that logically it makes sense, right? Obviously, right. the first sort and you're probably thinking this as Mandy saying it is like but but I haven't done that type of work before, right? Like how do I justify that sort of spend because right. I'm assuming most of your work is actually getting the the owner mindset to to accept that versus the client because like you said if you put a great irresistible right. offer in front of the client that's the easy bit right it's the owner so so tell us about some of the ways that you help the owner get their head around that because right you know, most people well, are first like, of all I can't charge going, that much right right and and here's the thing is the reality you can't charge that much <laughs> because if you if you could already charge that much you'd already be charging that much. Because there, and there, there is a system aspect of it that we walk through, um, and then there is a mindset piece. And by the way, not I did give an outlier example there, okay? And and he went on and added a million dollars of sales in six months, the first six months of our program doing that, right? Meanwhile, hiring up an office manager and all these different things, like a lot of things going on at once. That is a little bit of an outlier, yes. but um, but um, he didn't believe it was possible for either. He did not believe it was possible. So what we had to do is we we, we walk them through this four week process that um, we uh, by week by week we help them understand what is um, what is the best work. We we go and mine all of the, um, the resources. Look at look at where they've done their best work in the past. And but the reality is is you have to have good case studies. If you don't have good case studies to leverage, well, you know, go get some good case studies to leverage. That's what I would advise you. And to, if, if this is really about focusing on your existing amazing clients' um, case studies, quantifying them, because a lot of consulting agencies and and this this applies to uh, to um, 
software companies as well. And, and because the reality is, is, is that if we don't know the impact of what our offer is, what our services, what our software is, we don't know the outcome of that, then we're underselling it. We're not going to be able to connect with the the real problem that we're solving for them. So the first thing is to actually, maybe you need to reach out to your clients and have those conversations, you know, and, and um, find out, you know, they had a a nice spike of new uh, calls from, from, um, from prospects. Now, how many, how many calls did you have? How many closed? What is their average close rate? And and um, you might even be able to add a lot of value to your clients just by asking those questions because they realize um, they, they, they they they'll be able to understand more about their sales process by doing that. And and also, I'm going to also say that like the responsible thing to do if you have a growth program or if you're doing any kind of growth consulting is to actually have feedback. To be able to know if you're successful or not. Yes. So, um, yeah. So, yes, it's you need you need to actually be able to look at the look at the case studies, and then look at how can how can we piece these case studies together to tell the story of the ideal outcome that your most your profit sweet spot client wants, yeah, and then right. by doing that, and when you actually see, oh wow, like just today, we, I had a client that um, he does research, and so he's a research consulting company. And one of the things he realized as we were breaking this down, he just had no idea how to be able to quantify this at all. But I mean, I could just see gold in this company. I knew we were going to be just fine with it because um, they really are producing something revolutionary. And as we broke it down, one of the things we realized is that they're actually saving between five and $10 million of, of the next stage testing, not to mention cutting the time in half. So we're still going to be keep quantifying this. We're right in the middle of the process with her. I mean, we're at week two within the process. But now that he realizes that his um, that that his testing methodology is saving them up to ten million dollars just at this one stage, do you think he's going to bat an eye about adding twenty percent on to his fees? No. No. no, because I'll tell you what we have. We did. We had another client too who just came in week two. I didn't tell him to increase his fees. I told him we're going to increase your fees, but he went just from him starting to go through this process and realizing what he's really worth. He went and charged 50% higher for a six figure engagement where it was close to six figure. It was just under six figures, but you know, so, so this is what's possible when you're, when you start seeing the value in what you do, but to see the value in what you do, you have to quantify it. Yeah. And, and you talk about this risk reward. Right. So tell us about that relationship when someone's looking to buy from you. Okay. Yeah, that's a great question. So um, what Paul is, is asking about is that, so um, what what clients, clients are really looking for two things. Like what, what they're willing to pay is based on two factors. And um, one is, is like, what is the, the, the likelihood that they're going to get this outcome working with you? And um, so, so how likely of it? What's the highest probability? And and um, what is the actual outcome that they could see coming coming from it? So they're looking at the risk and they're looking at the reward. So the higher the higher the reward and the lower the risk, the more that they're willing to pay. And the more the and and this this is not just about this is about a number of things here. It's about moving from um, selling bits and bolts, selling individual projects. Um, selling your lower end, your lower tier um, service or product 
into selling your very best out the door. And this is, by the way, this is a revolutionary concept. A lot of people are just saying, get your foot in the door and get all this. Yeah. But what if, what if you going and selling that first tiny thing, unless it's engineered just right, what you can do is actually go and create some problems for them that stresses them out. And then they're saying, okay, well, you know what? This is wonderful. Let's come back in six months later and then we'll see. Yes. And you've now just left your client in a huge fix and a huge problem that you could have helped them solve if you would have sold them right from the beginning that we have a year long or two year long, three year long, or whatever the time period is. We have this growth program that's going to go from, um, from, from where you're at right now to this point. And maybe it's, maybe it's adding 5 million, maybe it's adding 2 million, maybe it's doubling your profitability. It could be a lot of different things. And, and it's not only just about money. Money's the easiest one to quantify. Um, but, but, um, we always want to be looking at how do we be able to make our services free? How do we be able to make this, make our services be really easy to invest in? And, um, one of the ways you can do that was with a guarantee. Some of our clients use guarantees. Not all of them do not not every industry. It's right for We have guarantees. We have a hundred percent happiness guarantee. We have a five X ROI guarantee. And of course they're conditional (laughs) and we use them to actually train our clients to show up the way that we want them to show up so that we can really do our best work. And um, so there's a lot of different things that you can do to lower the risk for your client to, to protect your um, to, and, and to, to protect your company and lower your risk, but to be really able to go into this as a partnership, not as a vendor. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, some of the things that, that I saw in the webinar was where you say that, you know, your, your role is to actually get people to think bigger and actually see what the whole price is. Cause most clients, you know, it's like a bit of the label, you know, send the label from inside the jar, right? You get so close to your business that sometimes you can't see the larger opportunity. And I think right. to increase that reward, if I understand it right, it's getting them to see bigger, to see that opportunity bigger than what it is. Uh, maybe yes. you just elaborate a little on that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Paul, you know what? We're um, hands off CEO is actually we help a lot with teams and scaling up and being able to get the CEO to to let go and um, to be able to get the profit margins at a place and be sustainable. So, so these are all higher level problems. But the thing is, is that um, and, and a lot of these are operational leadership problems. But before we can actually solve these leadership problems. We need to actually focus on the foundations, the scalability foundations. And this is what's missing, by the way, in nearly every uh, scalability model that I've seen for service companies. And um, I haven't seen one that actually addresses this well. And that's why I, we, I have a book coming out um, in the next couple months that is talking about how to actually do this. So, um, but but I wanted to, I wanted to talk about it from that angle because... We are an operations company who are kick-ass at sales and marketing. So I'm sorry, I wasn't supposed to swear. That was fine. That was fine. <laughs> right. So, um, so when I, I say that because I because so many operational challenges are actually caused in the sales process, and um, and this comes back to your your um, question around you know thinking bigger and all that. So. In order to scale, we don't want to scale the same thing that you're doing because you because it's hard. It's there's already so many other challenges to it. You're banging your head against the wall. If you're um, 
you're finding yourself being pulled into the day to day, if you're finding yourself working more hours than you want, if you're finding yourself like needing to make a lot of decisions for your team that you just wish they could make on their own, we have to actually go to the foundation and look at that and, and tweak that a bit before going and trying to scale that. Because we're going to eliminate a lot of the problems before we get into that scale mode here. So we want to actually be very intentional and deliberate about what we actually are scaling. Because then you can pass that over to your operations team and they're going to be able to like operationalize and systematize that like, like nobody's business. And um, it's going to be exciting to see that. But we have to actually look at what we're, we are, the foundation of it. So what this looks like is, you know, like I talked about with the offer, it's about how do we be able to position this as a world-class consulting company? How do we, we we become that problem solver? And I mean, I love that question that you asked, Paul, about, um, you know, the, the, the problems that you solve. And um, so often um, we can get stuck into this, this um, you know, looking at, looking at the label from the outside, from the inside, like you're saying, and not, and missing that. Like we're telling all of our clients to um, sell benefits and we're selling tactics and what we actually do, right? It's so easy to get stuck into this. So you, you need this outside perspective to be able to help you see a different way of doing it. I know that's what you do with your clients, Paul. And I've been really impressed looking at uh, looking at the work that you do. Um, I think that's why we really hit it off because we have a lot of similarities to our approach, but just with different markets. Spot on. And, and, and look, you know, my model is three key steps in that similar to yours, right? One is optimize your business model first because you're right. Like a lot of people come to me and say, I had a client last night. I need I need more sales. I'm like, okay, so what are you pricing your hourly rate at? And he was a third of what the market rate is, right? So all of a sudden, mm-hmm. he didn't need as many sales. All he needed to do is just get his pricing right, right? Mm-hmm. And you know that the hard decisions, you, you made a comment, I don't know the exact words, but it was around the hard decisions, right? If you The hard decisions are hard for a reason. Right. So, you know, if you get that model fixed right, that that operating uh, business model right, then everything else becomes easier. Right. Which is what I love about the irresistible offer. You get the irresistible offer right, then sales and marketing becomes a lot easier. Right. But you've got to get that right first. And then you you end up getting the team to deliver it. So you're right. We're we're very aligned in that. One of the things that I I love that I, I um, I'd like you to talk a bit more around is this vision selling, right? I hadn't come across mm. it before. You're the only person I've ever seen um, speak about it. Just tell us what vision selling is and how that fits into the, you know, this framework that we're working through. Sure. And, you know, we could have a whole podcast episode just on vision selling. And if anyone's listening to this and you'd like to, I, I have a write-up of it. I'd be happy to share it over if you yeah, just great. reach out to my email, which I know you'll be sharing more. Um, and um, we can send it on over to you, the vision selling. But um, the, the vision selling, it, 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 it starts with being very intentional about who your ideal, who that, what we call it, our, our soulmate client or profit sweet spot client. And, you know, what is that problem that they have? And what is the outcome? And and um, once you've done that work and you actually know what you can do for a client, now it's just like it, you're setting the bar high. Yes. And now it's just you're saying, all right, well, who's qualifying for this? So so sales calls are no longer you convincing the other person. It's you um, having your criteria. And we have it. Um, we have our soulmate client checklist. Like these are the things that they need to have to show up to the way that we we want them to be showing up to do our best work. We also have our hazardous client list. 
And if they have too many things on the hazardous client list, watch out. And we won't, we won't work together with them. Um, I have a really, a little bit of an odd one actually that I put on there that I, I have found has been such a huge indicator of success for, for enjoyable client relationships and also ones that they're actually able to, to, to get the best results. And if um, I'm talking with a prospect and they don't say thank you, I don't want to, I don't want another call with them. And it's not an ego thing. It's a, if they're not grateful for an hour or 30 minutes or 15 minutes or however long of my time for free, oh, they're certainly not going to once, once they're in our business and they're, and it tells you about something about the way that they see the world. Someone who is grateful has the ability to grow. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent here. So, another, but, 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 but this is all part of like, it's understanding what are, what are your, your minimum requirements for working with a client? What are those minimum standards? Um, how do they need to show up for you to want to work with them? And what I've found is that when you are doing that, you really are, you do two things I call um, qualifying and quantifying. Yes. So you're qualifying for like, do they have what it takes? And I'm, I look for it from this perspective of, um, a risk, a risk analyst. My dad, he, that, that's what he did for a living. He was um, an aviation insurance adjuster, a broker specifically. And that's what he, that's what he would do. And I think that rubbed off on me a little bit for like analyzing risk and, and looking at, looking at it from that perspective. So I'm looking at what is it going to take for me to have such a high certainty when I am in a, um, in an enrollment conversation that I can be able to, to say with them, like, you know what, if it's not a fit, it's like, you know what, we, um, what we're looking for is this and this, and you're not quite ready for it. So what I could do there is I could just say, Hey, you know what, here's some resources that you can do. Let's like go implement this over the next three months. Let's talk again in three months. And I'll tell you what, that level of trust has been built really high and they will come back. Um, or I might make a referral and that, and they're going to, they're going to use that resource. And then that person's going to send them right back to me. And then you can be building them up and then be working with them only when it's the most ideal. And then it keeps your reputation pristine. And then it, you, you're known as like the, the very best provider. I mean, we just had a retreat. I was just sharing this with you before we, we uh, pushed the record button. And we had our clients come from, you know, all over the world to, to be um, doing a lot of this, like this, this uh, high level mindset work, but also just having fun too. We went to Zion and hiked and it was really a lot of fun. But one of my clients shared that, like, you know what? Um, I waited for two years to work with you guys. Yeah. You know, my my partner wasn't quite ready to come around. I waited for two years because you guys were so results focused, and we had built a relationship during that time. He just kind of hey, he'd come to some of our events, and and um, and, and you and and you could become known as that person, as that that best provider in the industry, and people will actually wait to be able to come to, to work yeah. with you. They'll, they'll, if wait for on a wait list when we have clients that have wait lists. Um, and okay. The other part of the vision selling. So that that's, that's a qualifying, right? So, so there's, so when you're, when you're looking at, you know, that big outcome, where I was talking about, you're going to have a number of things for um, what, what do they need to have in place to be able to get the results results? So you're just checking off the boxes and going through, do they have that? Yes or no. And um, if they don't, you can choose to downsell to something that's like a different package to get them ready for that. Um, you could sell them the same thing and say, Hey, you know what? Um, I, our, our, the promise we we work with our clients for or most of our clients for, we're able to generate $3 million in the next, um, the next, uh, 18 months. 
Now, um, because you're at this point, we're not going to be able to do $3 million in 18 months. Um, it's actually going to take more like two years. Is that okay? <laughs> and of course, they're going to be saying, yes, that is perfectly okay. Or I mean, you can, you can make those adjustments, but that only comes from you becoming such an expert in what you're doing and you be able to talk about it, that you build such trust and you can really be able to analyze your clients from that way. Um, so that's the quantify part. So I talked about the qualify and then we talked about the quantify. So we really want to be looking at under the conditions that our clients have, what could we actually do for them? And then, and then um, be able to, to map it out and show with some certainty what you can do for them. And you're going to, and, and so we have what we call this client success map. And I, you, you saw it, Paul, it's like this visual um, sales tool, this visual sales tool that shows them these are, this is our main, um, our main outcomes. And it's not a process map. Everybody thinks it's a process map. It's not a process map. It's an outcome map. It tells them what are they going to get? When are they going to get a return on investment? Um, who is it for? What are the what are the steps that we're going to be taking, and what will they get at every step? So, when you're sharing that with them, it creates an enormous amount of certainty. Yes. And that's what buyers want. They want certainty. They want certainty. So let's just give them certainty. Yeah, and I, and I think it's, you know, and we've sort of talked about it, but part of that irresistible offer is, you know, actually being a large fish in a small pond, right? Like really saying that these are the people I work with. So, you know, I think that makes a, a material difference. Every person that I've worked with are typically in that patch of, yes, I'll take everyone on, right? And then at some point you've got to make a decision to say, no, actually, I'm going to just stand for these people in the world. So for me, as an example, I could have gone coaches and consultants and continued to do that. Now I'm very specific. If you're a cloud consultant, you know that that's all I deal with. And then I can give you examples of that's all I deal with. So you do come to me because you get known, right? And, you know, right. you do podcasts and you do other things to 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 create that thought leadership. But, you know, that's part of the puzzle here. And, and you know, you articulate that really well on the webinar that, you know, don't try to be all things to all people. But where I'm going with this is I know that some – some of you listening or might be even you listening right now is that you're sort of stuck in that world, right? You're in the six figure scrappy stage and you want to get to the seven figure where I can actually do what Mandy's saying. What, what are some of the, the ways it, you know, do, do people, how do people fund that? Right. Cause they're like, well, right. I don't have enough revenue to fund some of the changes. So what do I do? Right. And not enough revenue to fund some of the changes. Well, um, it's first of all, Choosing to work with a higher level client and making sales a priority. Yeah. And um the the and and if you're if you're having a challenge being effective at sales, you need to get some support with that. Yeah. You need to be able to learn how to sell. And um that's that really is the, I, I'm that is one of the, the most powerful skills that you can learn in your business. And it doesn't, and, and by the way, we actually look for clients who have some of some sales ability yes. and they don't have to be amazing, but here's the reason why, because if we want to be able to, to build them as a leader, they need to know how to be able to move people. Yes. They need to know how to be able to move people into action. And if you, if you're having a difficult time being able to move prospects into action to become clients, you're going to have a very difficult time moving your team members to really be able to get work done without you, which is what is required to be able to scale your company. So learning how to sell 
is it's really about learning how to be an enrolling person, learning how to be able to um, help people see a bigger possibility than they can see for themselves. And, um, and that's what that vision selling, going back to that vision thing, that's really what it's all about. It's about being able to help them see a much, much bigger vision than they can see on their own. Yes. And um, then when you can do that, who are they going to choose? They're they're like, let's say they're talking to three different agencies and um, these other agencies are like, oh yes, we can help you do that. Oh yes, we can help you do that. Sure. We'll do this SEO and we'll do this thing. And um, we'll, do, we'll do this PPC campaign and versus the other company says, Will you do this? I don't know about that. Let, let's talk about it. Let's talk about what do you actually want to do? Let, where do you actually want to go? And they slow them down a little bit and they make them actually like think through the whole thing with them and say, well, you know what? I hear you want to get here, but why not here? And they'll be like, well, why not? Because I didn't think it was possible. Who are they going to hire? They're going to hire the, 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 the third one, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Spot on. And, and look, you know, we've talked about the business model. We've talked about there is an irresistible offer in the sales component, right? And now it's like, okay, how do I let go, right? Because so many people are stuck in that delivery and you might be stuck in delivery at the moment. Right. And that's why you're called the hands-off CEO, right? Because you help people do that. And you know, what, what can you share around the best way to get out of it and the best way to get right. unstuck? Right. And um one of the things that can go on is that you can have these two problems simultaneously where you need where, and you actually kind of mentioned that a little bit with some of the companies that are in the six figures. And um, the biggest problem that actually holds companies back from getting to seven figures is mindset. It's the mindset. It's focusing on looking for shiny objects. It's focusing on um, the things that are not that important. It's um, and also it's, it's fear of not like if they actually knew that if they invested 10 to 15 hours per week in focusing on sales, if they actually knew that was possible, they didn't even have to be the, per the perfect sales, not even the perfect sales I'm talking about here. If they actually just went and did that, if they believed that was possible, then their company would look very, very different. Yes. But the problem is what keeps them from doing that is because they don't believe it's possible. Yes. And the reality is, is that you can really suck at sales and you can actually just go and spend 10 to 15 hours per week on it. And you consistently do that. And you consistently just reach out to your ideal clients. You will fall on your face for a while. You'll look like an idiot for a while. And eventually you'll figure out what works and what doesn't. Yes. But it requires being vulnerable and getting to the next level. So I'm sorry, I went off on a different tangent there. But um, so so we wanted to, we, you asked the question about um, capacity. Correct. And, so, so and, to get that 10, 15 yes. hours, it's got to come out of delivery, right? So what's the best way to, to get that 10 to 15 hours? Right. Well, the, the best way is, is to get really clear on what's important and what's not. Yeah. And it's um, a lot of it is a mindset issue about what is most important and prioritizing that more than anything, that's the biggest thing. And yeah. Um, yeah, so and a lot I, and of I think, what, and I think just quickly on that fear, like you said it before, but like you can get help. Right. You're you you're independent. That's why you're running your own business. You know, you're running your own agency or seven-figure agency, like Mandy said. And you've got success because you're very good at what you do, right? But there's a point where you just need help to get to the next level. And you're right. right. Like most people, like sales really is research, right? It's diagnosing. What's a diagnostic? What's the problem? And then can I help you solve that quicker than you can do it yourself, right? But don't be afraid to go and get that help 
you know, go and see someone that can actually right. fast forward it because you can learn it. It's like anything. You, you can learn something. You're smart enough. You can do it. But wouldn't it be easier to learn it in a shorter period? Like imagine, like you said before, Mandy, if they could change that irresistible offer in four weeks, right, and get that right, right and get a 200% increase, just think about how much work you got to do on yourself to get that. Anyway, so we go back to so, the delivery. Yeah, what, I, couldn't, we, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Yeah, so, so we've got the mindset is a key thing. Is there any particular roles? Like if you look at, you know, you know, I'm a seven-figure agency, I'm a HubSpot okay. agency or whatever, right, uh, Zoho, et cetera, and, and I'm thinking around what should be my key hire around that figure? Okay. You know, is it? Yeah, right. What's yeah, the so direction if, on that? Yeah, if it's seven figures, first of all, it's – looking at your existing team right now and saying, who can I um, get to take more things off of my plate? So it's doing a time inventory and um, and uh, just tracking your time for a few days in great detail every 15 minutes to actually see what am I actually doing? And anything that is way below your pay grade needs to come off of your list. Um, scheduling, calendar management, um, bookkeeping, if you have a seven-figure company or even, even anything over half a million and you're doing your own bookkeeping, like I'm just I just want to reach through this this uh this audio podcast right now and just shake you and say, stop it. Yes. <laughs> um, but I can also share something in the in our in our um in the show notes too about how to find 10 extra hours per week to scale for office. Like I'm happy to share some more right now, but it just depends on how much you want to go into it. So um the biggest thing is that there's 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 a few things. One of them is to, is to look at what are those things that we can we can delegate. Like what are the things that you just need to come off of your plate right now? What are the things that you can eliminate? So what if it, what are the things that you're doing that are actually not aligned with actually the goals? A lot of that is one of the biggest things at at seven figures or even just a little earlier than that. Account management and account management client communication. So that is that is not a high strategic level conversation. That that is just managing projects to make sure it's getting done. Yes. And to be able to do that though, you have to actually, I mean, kind of coming back to that client success map, having a plan that you're managing to helps you be able to have someone to do that. So if you don't have that in place yet, just look project by project and say, what are our goals here? How can they manage the goals? You can delegate that off. Yeah. And you talked about risk before. Like, where do you see more risk? Is there more risk on hiring, you know, sales, the sales side, or is there more risk on hiring the operations side? Where do you typically see the the, oh, the risk? Yeah. So um definitely higher risk for sales. Higher sales is very difficult to delegate. And there's multiple stages to delegate to. And um I, I know you've seen this too, Paul, where <laughs> You see founders and CEOs that just say, you know what, this is uncomfortable for me. So I'm just going to go ahead and pass this off to somebody else to just kind of like become my savior and solve the whole thing. Yeah. No, you got to figure that out. You've got to, yeah. you've got to be able to take ownership of that, find out what's going to work when it works, then you can standardize that. Then you can scale it. Then you hire people to do that. But um, that was that the direction you wanted to go with that? <laughs> Spot on. Well, look, what we'll do is we'll definitely get you back, right, to talk in more detail, especially when the book comes out, which is going to be very exciting. So we'll do that. 
Um, we'll have some of the links in the show notes that Mandy's spoken about. We'll get those to you. So just go into the notes that you're listening to or go into paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast. It's episode number 440. You'll be able to get those uh, detailed notes. But what we'll do now is just do a rapid fire to wrap it up sure. so that you can go and start implementing some of these brilliant ideas that Mandy's uh, talked about. So the first one is what are some of the daily sales habits that you do, Mandy, to help you accelerate your business? Daily sales habits. Um, I have to admit, I don't do it every day. <laughs> um, but I think more than anything, it's the mindset that it's my, it's a, it's it's all me. It's my job until um until I have someone completely taking over ownership of it, I am 100 percent responsible for it. So that's what I do every day is actually take on the ownership of that. Yeah, brilliant. And what about learning more about sales, right? You've got this your own technique, which is brilliant. We've talked about, but learning other things to add. Well, where do you go for that sort of knowledge? Um, I've read a number of books. Um, there was trying to look behind me. Ultimate Sales Machine was a really great book that I liked, and um, yeah, I know you. I know your podcast has a lot of great sales information on it too. Yep, brilliant. Uh, checks in the mail. And uh, if we could grant you one wish for your business today, what would that be? One wish. Oh, well, we have some projects that are working on right now that are like taking longer than than I thought they would, um, as they always do. We're installing this new software system and um, upgrading our um, operations academy, including an operations manager um, certification program for our agencies, which is really exciting. And if if I could just have anything, I would have that like completely be done already, which um, is great. And and I know we can definitely talk about that more when you uh, come on next time. And the last one is, now what if, do you know now that you wish you had have known earlier as your own um, running your own business? I wish I would have known that um, being relentless and being um, persistent and being willing to get up many times after you're being knocked down. That's the number one key to success. I wish I would have known that because I used to look around at people that I felt were smarter than myself. And I would look and say that like, I'd never be able to measure up. And um, that is most definitely not the case because there's a lot of really smart people who will give up a whole lot easier than me. So um, that's what I wish I would have known. I tell my younger self and I tell a lot of younger people that too. Yeah, I think it's a pretty important. And a mentor of mine once said, you know, you've only got to know more than the person you're actually working with at the time, right? That's all you got to know. You don't have to know everything in the world. All you got to know is how you get them to their goal better than if they could, better than they can get themselves to that goal, right? So that's all you got to do, right? So we all underrate mm-hmm. ourselves. And I think that's a brilliant point to, to finish on. So uh, you can find out more at hands off ceo.com and that roadmap that mandy spoke about will definitely have that there so it's handsoffceo.com forward slash roadmap so we'll have the link there the other links that i've spoken to as well but um you know i'll i'll finish up in the outro a couple of key steps you can take but mandy wonderful having you on today i think you do have a fresh perspective you do get people to tackle the hard things up front that then makes running the business so much easier and you've got amazing results for people. So if you're in that, you know, that high six, seven figure, you're an agency or a consulting business listening to this and you want some help, I highly recommend going and uh, finding out more about Mandy. Mandy, thanks for coming on today. Thank you so much, Paul. It's been such a pleasure. 
what an amazing interview with Mandy. And you can tell that we've got very similar interests in the way that we run our businesses and the models and we think what's important. But she had more more layers on the cake. And I think, you know, around vision selling, around getting the repositioning, the absolute opportunity for your clients to get higher prices, all of that was absolute gold. Um, so what you've learned, please share it on LinkedIn. You know, at Mention Mandy, she'll love you for it. You can get all the transcripts, show notes, et cetera, pauligansmentoring.com forward slash podcast. And why not share it? If you've got an agency owner in particular that you know needs this next step uh, to get seven break into eight figures, uh, per- certainly share Mandy's details in this podcast with her. Check out the solo shows. Don't forget that free cloud consulting community at cloudconsultantscollective.com. And if you'd like curated content just for you as a cloud consultant, just go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash newsletter and sign up. And next week's guest is Katrina Kurt, and she's going to talk about how we round out our thought leadership through LinkedIn content. And as always, please take action to accelerate your sales. I'm fired up after today's episode. What about you? But hey, before you go, Learning is just one piece of the puzzle. Now it's time to put today's strategy into action. Head over now to today's show page at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast and share how you'll put it into action. Be sure to head over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Tell me what your favorite episode is. And don't wait one minute more to gain access to your pulse check at paulhigginsmentoring.com. This could be the difference between struggling to get more leads and making this next quarter your best one yet.